Well, hello and welcome to the podcast. My name is Crystal Sparks and whether you're here every single week or maybe this is your first time coming across my podcast, I'm so glad that you are here. Um, Okay, so my title sounds kind of funny, but you'll understand why here in a minute. There's a pastor friend of mine um, that he always has really goofy uh, titles to his messages. And so Brian and I always joke around about like what we would title our message to be really obnoxious and silly. And so I decided to do this one as fish hooks and fish nets. So I hope you love it. Um, Hey, we're going to be in Matthew uh, chapter 17 verses 24 to 27 and it says this when they arrived at Capernaum the collectors of the half shekel went up to Peter and said does not your teacher pay the half shekel he answered yes and when he came home Jesus spoke to him about it sent first saying what do you think Simon from whom do earthly rulers collect duties or tribute from their own sons or from not their own family and when Peter said from other people not of their own family Jesus said to him then the sons are exempt. However, in order not to give them offense and cause them to stumble, go down to the sea and throw in a hook. Take the first fish that comes up, and when you open up its mouth, you will find there a shekel. Take it and give it to them to pay the temple tax for me and for yourself. You know, I think this is such a great text. It's uh, stood out to me um, in reading and preparing what I was going to talk to you guys about. And I thought about how following God is a lot like going to the gym. I remember whenever I first went to the gym, I was so paranoid. I don't know about you guys, but like I walked in and I was like, oh, like I couldn't just wear any normal outfit. I went shopping for an outfit because I was like, I have to have like good gym clothes, not like ratty, old gym clothes. Whenever I first started going to the gym, uh, Braley and Bear were younger. They were probably around three years old. Um, But at that point, I had been graduated from high school for a really long time. And the only like, quote unquote, gym clothes I had was from whenever I did dance back in high school. So I was like, I don't think that that's appropriate. Like this is old. Styles have changed. I need new clothes to look good at the gym. So I go and buy a whole bunch of clothes that I really didn't need. And I go to the gym and I don't know how to use any of the equipment. I look completely ridiculous and uh, people are constantly having to come over and help me. And I don't know about you guys, but I'm that person that has a really hard time just admitting like, I don't know how this machine works and asking for help. So I would just try to figure it out on my own which would mean I'm doing it all kinds of weird. Have you guys ever seen those YouTube videos of uh, people in the gym using equipment wrong? Yeah, yeah, I'm pretty sure I'm probably on a video that's out there somewhere because that was totally me. I just, I didn't want to admit that I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't know how to, you know, get around the gym. And I remember it was around that time that Jimmy Sai, he is one of our campus pastors here in Caddo Mills. He was doing personal training for people. And he, uh, I paid him to do several sessions with me uh, to show me the ropes and get me on a good uh, plan to be able to build muscle, but not to be too bulky, which that's a whole nother subject I could go off on all by itself, but that's for another day. Um, Anyways, so I had him like showing me the ropes and helping me out. And it was after that, that I was able to navigate my way around the gym. And through my experience with him, I realized that all that time I thought everybody was at the gym 
you know, they're watching everybody else, but really, truly, everybody goes to the gym for themselves. Like they're there for themselves, not to watch you or critique you or to think about, you know, that your gym clothes are old and it's not a cute outfit. <laughs> like they don't care about any of that. Like everybody's at the gym for themselves and the things that you're having to do at the gym are uncomfortable. They're uncomfortable and they're going to make you really, really sore. In fact, you know, you're doing it right when you go to the gym, when you can't sit on the toilet for like the next week. Y'all know what I'm talking about. I'm still to this day, I'll reach a plateau and uh, then I up my weight. And the next thing I know, I can't sit on the toilet or currently right now, I can't lift my arms because I upped my arm weight and my arms are so sore. And I think about this as it relates to God. I think that when we're truly following God, it's a lot like that. We are going to be sore. It's going to make us a little bit uncomfortable that we start out this journey thinking that we're supposed to know how to do everything. Like the first time I went to the gym, I thought there was something wrong with me that I didn't know how to do everything. But really, truly, like people were willing to help me out if I just asked questions. And I think about this on our church journey. You know, a lot of us walk into church the first time and we wear clothes that we would normally never, ever wear because we think that we have to be this new, different person to show up to church. And truly, it's nobody's judging you by what you wear or any of that. They're just glad that you're there. They're they're there working on themselves just like you're there working on yourself. And I think about that, that all that time, I struggled, you know, at the gym and I could have just asked for help. I could have just um, asked somebody to help me along the journey to show me how to do things. But the main point I want to drive home is that when you're truly following God, it's going to be uncomfortable. It's going to be uncomfortable. You're going to feel very uncomfortable. Just like at the gym, I have to move in ways that I normally on my own would never, ever do. But when you're at the gym, it's just part of the process. And I will say that your willingness to be uncomfortable is going to be directly correlated to your ability for growth. And here Peter is, and he's in this place, and he's got a need. And honestly, I think it's so funny because I wonder how long that journey was home from the temple. Like they were at the temple. He gets asked this question. He doesn't ask Jesus there in the moment. Like he's kind of like me at the gym. He thinks he needs to have it all figured out. He should have all the answers. They make the whole journey home. And it wasn't until he was at home that he finally asked the question. You know, I think about this in our lives. Like we have this space. We have this tendency to try to figure out life. Like we don't want to burden God with our problems. We don't want to burden others with our problems. So we just try to figure it out. And here Peter is in his question, release the answer. And Jesus asked Peter to do something that honestly is really ridiculous. But I found this, that when you give your life to God, he is going to make you do the ridiculous to get a miracle. Jesus will always have us do the ridiculous to get a miracle a miracle. What I think is great about the story is in Luke chapter five, we see Peter for the first time he comes on scene. And when Peter comes on scene, he is washing his nets, the Bible tells us. And as he's there washing his nets, he's ready to give up. He has completely been defeated, fishing all night and catching nothing. And yet here Jesus is, he shows up and tells him in Matthew chapter 17, verse 27, to throw in a hook and catch a fish. See, this is uncomfortable for Peter because he was used to fishing but he was used to fishing with nets. And I found in God, 
that whenever we start really truly following him, he's going to ask us to do the ridiculous to get a miracle. My mind would say if there's one fish in the entire body of water that has a coin in its mouth, the odds are just going to be better if you use a net. But Jesus didn't work that way. He wanted to have Peter do something that was completely uncomfortable to get the miracle that he was asking for. See, there's three things I want to show you out of this. Number one, life has a way of leading us to roadblocks so we can be heaven dependent. Life has a way of leading us to roadblocks so we can be heaven dependent. Here he is. He's in a situation where he needs to pay the taxes and God uses a fish. You know, for Moses, it it showed up like this. He was needing direction for his life and God showed up in a burning bush. I've found in our life that when God is leading us, he's going to lead us to roadblocks so we can be heaven dependent. Some of our best ideas, some of the best opportunities for miracles are going to come at the expense of a closed door and for some of you you're standing so long looking at the closed door that's standing in front of you that you're missing the God opportunities that are all around you yes Peter had to pay the taxes but through that God was going to use a ridiculous means to do it but it wasn't going to look like what his knowledge would have and I would just challenge you that sometimes what works in one season isn't going to work in the next season and in God he wants to continuously have us on this journey of being heaven See, he's more in love with the process than he is the end result. And it's the process of us trusting him on the way to where we're going. The second thing I want you to write down is God knows we are happiest when we are God dependent. I believe that our lives are going to be the happiest. We're going to be the most joyful when we're God dependent. See, God's will for your life is never for you to get to a place where you are totally self-sufficient. In fact, I'll say this. I think in God, the minute that I start figuring everything out and I feel like, okay, yeah, I think I finally figured out how to run a church of this many or how to have the staff of this many or how to figure out this, then it's in those seasons that God completely shakes everything up because he knows that we will be the happiest when we are God dependent. And I love this because here Peter is, he's got a need, but Jesus calls him to be God dependent. And he puts him in this place because he knew that his joy was going to be made full. I love that Jesus says that ask anything in my name so that your joy may be full. In other words, when we're God dependent, we will always be joyful. He's going to always have us be in this place of needing things, but yet also having full trust in him. And it's in that gap that we find our joy. Number three, our greatest victories will come by obedience. Our greatest victories will always come by obedience. I hear people say all the time, well, that person is an overnight success. And I will just tell you that there is no such thing as an overnight success. You may have found them overnight, but there's no such thing as an overnight success. Now you can become an overnight millionaire, right? Like tomorrow morning, you could wake up and have a million dollars deposited into your account. But to be an overnight success doesn't exist. But in our lives, it's our greatest victories are going to come by obedience. It's by us being faithful to the last thing that God told him to do. You know, this that Jesus was asking for was ridiculous. And Peter, if he sat there and gave Jesus all of his questions, he would have missed the miracle. But it took him being obedient. It took him just those simple steps of faith to go after the last thing that God told him to do. And I want to challenge you in your life. 
Are you being obedient to the last thing that God told you to do? I say all the time, I think people want a prophetic word or God to give them this big vision for their life. And really, truly, I think that God's vision for your life is just you doing the last thing that he told you to do. For some of you, it's writing the book. Have you written it? For some of you, it's posting the podcast. Have you posted it? For some of you, it's writing music. Have you written it? Uh, For some of you, it's starting a community group. Have you done it? For some of you, it's starting to uh, show up and go to church consistently. Have you done it? And I think in us looking for God's will for our life or what does God want me to do, what we're really saying a lot of times is, I don't want to do what I know I should be doing, so tell me something else. Peter, honestly, could have had the taxes paid a lot easier. There could have been a lot of other ways. There could have been a money purse, honestly, that Jesus would have opened up and just given him the money. He could have done it all kinds of ways, but he chose this way, which honestly was a hard way and didn't make sense logically. And a lot of times the obedience things that God asks us to do are not going to make sense. They're going to seem foolish to our natural mind. Again, Peter was used to fishing with nets. He was not used to fishing with hooks. And honestly, in all of his years of fish, I'm sure sure he's never ever seen a fish with a coin in its mouth but yet here is the means that Jesus used to bring about a miracle so I will say this that I don't know if the the coin was always there or if the coin was placed in the fish's mouth on the obedience of Peter either way God brought about the miracle you know sometimes I wonder Was the miracle always there or was it released in our obedience? And either way, I know this, that his need was met. And for all of us listening, I will just challenge you that what God's asked you to do always has reward attached to it. There's always something bigger, kingdom bigger, that's attached to it. But we have to be faithful in taking the step. So what does this look like for us practically? Number one, require God daily. Require God daily. Matthew chapter 6, when Jesus is teaching the disciples how to pray, it starts out like this. Give us this day our daily bread. You know, we want give us this year our daily bread or give us this month or give us this week. But God wants us to live our lives in a daily reliance upon him. No need is too small and no need is too great. He wants us to always be looking for him daily. Psalm 37 verse 5 says, commit all your ways unto the Lord. You know, God wants to be involved in the intricate details of your life. And I think that when we live our lives in this way, we're going to see him do incredible things. In fact, uh, the reason why we need to do this is because yesterday's direction doesn't work for today's miracles. And you see this in Moses, whenever he comes to a body of water, God parts the sea and has him walk through it. But to Peter, he has him walk on top of it. See, each person got a different direction for their unique assignment. And the same is true in your life, that when we require God daily, then we're going to find out what his mission is for us today. Because if we're not careful, we'll begin to compare what God did yesterday or what God did 10 years ago or what God did last year. And we try to make that be what God does today. And Jesus never, ever healed a person the same way twice. When you read through the gospel accounts, he was always doing something different. To one, he would spit on them. To another, he would touch them. To one, he would just send word for them to be healed. Another, he would speak the word to them directly himself. Every person was healed in their own unique way, in their own unique needs, letting us know that we've got to require God daily. God wants to be involved in your everyday, ordinary life. Number two is to obey intuitively. 
to obey intuitively. I will say that I think a lot of us get so hung up on the details that we miss what God wants to do. Um, if Jesus didn't specify to Peter here, like, hey, this is the kind of boat that I want you to use. This is where the boat's at. Take the boat out this many furloughs from the shore, and then you're going to use this kind of hook and this kind of fishing pole, and you're going to fish for this many hours, and this is going to be the type of fish. No, he didn't give up any of those <laughs> details, and the detail-oriented person would want all of that, right? But Jesus just tells him broad generals, and I think for us in our lives, I think we get too hung up on the specifics and we forget just being obedient intuitively, like to follow the thing in our heart. So if God example is like, if God told you to lead a group, some of you are so caught up on what book should I do? What study should I do? What curriculum should I use? Who's going to be at my group? How long should my group be? Will anybody even come? And truly just do what's in your heart, like do what's in your heart and take the step. And as you take the step, then God will show you the next step to take. See, I think if Peter would have sat there asking all the questions, he would have missed God's direction. And I think a lot of us are missing God's miracle because we are so hung up on the details of what it might look like. Uh, I remember for myself, I knew that God wanted me to write a book, but I didn't know about what. But as I got faithful and sitting down and writing, the book came next. And a lot of us are waiting for the 10-step plan, and God wants us just to obey intuitively. See, Jesus didn't tell him the exact lake to go to. He didn't tell him the body of water. He didn't specify whether it was a river or a lake. He just told him to go fishing with a hook. Very broad, right? And you think if you're looking for one fish in the entire earth that's going to have the coin in its mouth, you need some specific direction. But I think Jesus knew that wherever Peter went was going to be the right place. And I think we get too hung up on the details that we miss, the bigger directive that God's trying to get to us. And number three is to respond quickly. Respond quickly. Goodness. Now, imagine if Peter would have sat on this and said, you know what? I'm going to call some friends. We're going to do 40 days of prayer and fasting. We're going to go through a devotional together, and then we'll decide to set the date for the camping trip. And uh, I love Allison Faulkner, a friend of mine. She's got a saying that says, done is fun. And it really is. Done is fun. And sometimes you just got to decide that done is better than perfect. And you got to just decide that you're going to respond quickly to what God's called you to do. And for me in my life, I've decided to live with this, even though my natural instinct is I want a beautiful polished plan. I want to have it all together. And when I have the time to do that, I absolutely do. But recently God had asked me to do something and I was trying to get like a 10 step plan together. Well, if I do this, what will it look like? What will we call it? All these things. And God just spoke to my heart. Delayed obedience is still disobedience. And so you know what I did? I got on the phone. I called a few of my staff, let them know what we were doing, uh, told them to send over invites. And you guys, it went so good. It went perfectly. And it wasn't because it was this perfect big plan, but it was just because I decided to respond quickly. I want to encourage you. What are the things that God's been nudging you in your heart? Every one of us has something different. But I want to tell you that the miracle is in the obedience. The miracle is in when we take a step and require God daily. And the miracle happens when we obey intuitively. So, hey, I hope this encouraged you. If you haven't done so already, hit the subscribe button. Share this with somebody you love. And, hey, speaking of obeying intuitively and requiring God daily, um, I've got an incredible devotional um, that I did. Well, it's kind 
kind of like a devotional. It's a Bible study, really. And it's my Genesis study. And y'all, this is so good. Like you need this in your life. Um, I don't know about you guys, but I struggle with finding studies that aren't so deep that I have to Google search every single word. And then also finding a study that's actually has depth, right? Because I don't want it to be so basic, but yet I don't want it to be too deep either. And that's what I did this study for. I did it for the person that wanted a little bit of both. My Genesis study will do just that. If you haven't picked up a copy, I would love for you to take it to take a moment, click the link down in my description here on my podcast. Check it out. Maybe you've already gotten it. Can you do me a favor? Can you post about it? Um, every time you share about the devotional, it helps get the word out to other people. So that way it's able to help them grow in their journey of faith. So hey, with all that said, I hope you got something out of this. Let's do something awesome for God this week.